Welcome to Just Good News Podcast, where we talk about the good news Jesus brought. Because it is good news. We hope to reclaim the new that Jesus brought into the world. Because once there was a version of Christianity that was irresistible. So, what happened to the good news? What's up, everybody? It's Joe and Cole, and this is episode six of Just Good News podcast, um, and we're still talking about anxiety. Mm. This is part three of three. Ooh, finishing the anxiety boys out, and we're going to be talking about addressing them roots, mm. addressing them roots. As you've heard of say many times, there's a root of our anxiety that we don't always see at first glance at our anxiety because. We're concerned with getting the nice car. Guilty as charged. Reference to four, five. Episodes four, five. Of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So this we're going to be talking about addressing them roots. And along the lines, along the lines of roots. Oh, okay. So to get started um, in addressing our anxiety and... Relating to anxiety, um, you know, we, we commonly associate anxiety with being bad and negative and stressful, and sometimes it is those things. But I want to talk about the the soil of uncertainty that sometimes comes with anxiety. Um, a lot of the times, things that we're anxious about are things that we're uncertain about, and this soil that is uncertainty can grow two things. It can either grow fear or it can grow faith. And this uncertainty, these these anxious times can actually serve as an opportunity to strengthen our faith. That can actually serve more specifically to bolster our fear of the Lord. And when I mean when I say fear of the Lord, I don't mean like you're scared hiding in a corner of God. <laughs> um, I mean that it it kind of goes something like this: No matter what happens, I trust you, God. I love you, God. You are wiser and care for me more than anyone else. That that's what I associate with fear of the Lord. It's not being scared of Him. It's a deep trust in what He's going to do, and. I think there are some some verses that really go along well with when things suck. God, you're still good. You're still going to get me through this. Um, let's start off with Romans eight twenty eight. Common, common boy. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Ecclesiastes three eleven says. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So in the midst of these these anxious times and these storms of anxious thoughts, you're presented with the option to be fearful or faithful. I really like looking at periods of anxiety and anxiousness as kind of a tapestry that's being woven together. When, when you're weaving this tapestry together, layer, layer over layer, under layer, one side looks really flippin' ugly. There's loose ends, there's knots, 
cloth here and there everywhere. But one side, when you flip it over, is beautiful. And so, I don't know how it relates to your specific anxious thoughts specifically, but anxious times, when God's ready, he's going to flip it over and it's going to be beautiful. Or like a marching band. Mm, when you're on that. when you're on ground level, looking at the marching band, it's all like people moving. They look like they're gonna hit each other. Is that tuba man gonna run into the drummer? It looks like whack. But when you're up in the stands, you look up at the jumbotron. Look up at the jumbotron. Get a beautiful picture of what they're creating down there. Mm. Yeah. The only reason I say that is because personally, I've never seen a tapestry be made. I really haven't either. But like, I like to picture. It that Pretty, way, yeah. I guess I get what you're saying. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. So, yeah, and I'm not saying think of your anxious thoughts like this and they'll go away. Um, my my simple goal is that maybe you can find even a little bit of comfort in the fact that one day you're gonna look up at the jumbotron and see like, oh wow, God was doing some cool things. Hmm. That's my point. So. I'm going to be going through, again, we're talking about addressing these roots. So a lot of the roots of anxiety are based out of a half lie or a half truth, matter of fact. Like, in other words, I've talked about intersection of beliefs and values. The only reason it has value or you give it value is because you believe it or you believe part of it to be true. And so I'm going to get into more of what that means. But how do you fight half truth? You fight it with the whole truth. And as we've discussed in previous podcasts, we believe the Bible is true. Hmm. But it's not the foundation of Christianity. It was written because something happened. Hmm. We're following Jesus, not a book. Yes. So Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul of the spirit, of joints of, and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So that's pretty powerful. Now, I'm not going to get into the word, the word here, but the Bible has a lot to say. And so, you, I'm going to look at it, I'm going to take two, two ways right here really quick. When you get in your car, we all have that friend that all of the things on the dash are on. You got the air pressure, you got the check engine, you got seatbelt, you got oil change, windshield wiper fluid, you got all those things there, right? And so now you either fall in one of two camps when you get in the car. Camp one is there are those who take it in to get worked on immediately, and camp two is, oh, it's not that bad. It's basically like I'm low on gas or something, and I'll get it fixed at some point. So regardless of what camp you're in, I think we'd agree that the check engine light is a signal that there's something about the car that needs to be taken care of. That's why it's on. Mm. Similarly, those human emotions, such as fear, anxiety, and panic, operate in the same way. So when we feel them, they indicate something's going on beneath the surface in our hearts and our minds. They're signals that something needs to be addressed. Mm. But to address it means figuring out what is causing those emotions. So, emotions 101 crash course. Ooh, Okay. Every time we feel the emotion of anxiety, fear, or worry, it involves the intersection of our beliefs and values, as we've said many times. We experience anxious, scared, depressed, or panicked feelings because we believe something we value 
We experience anxious, scared, or depressed, panic, or panicked feelings because we believe something we value is of or may be threatened. You want to run that back again? <laughs> Basically, we experience those feelings because we believe something we value is being threatened or may be threatened. Mm. I, I wrote this down and I was just reading that. <laughs> Sorry for reading that like four times. Anyway, so to deal with those feelings, we have to understand what values and beliefs are causing them. So I talked about the squirrel. I talked about the stick example in episode four. Hmm. I'm going to go through, go through that again really quick. So if we don't see something as valuable, it won't invoke any emotion in us or as large of an emotion. So when I see a squirrel run across the road, I don't really feel anything. Now, let's pretend that the child just ran in front of the road. I'm going to yell at them, get on the sidewalk, don't run in the road, because I value children more than squirrels. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so you won't have anxiety unless it involves something you value. And so... You may feel anxious about losing your job. Maybe it's because you value an income. You may feel anxious about your dating relationship. Maybe it's because you value that person or that relationship. You may feel anxious about people, what people think about you. It's probably because you value their opinions. The same is true with our beliefs. Emotions like panic, worry, and anxiety are driven by something you believe. Hmm. And I'm just going to repeat my snake and stick analogy. If you're walking outside and you see a stick on the ground, you're gonna. But you believe it to be a snake, you're gonna yell, "Watch out!" But if you believe it to be a stick, then you won't feel any emotion of fear. Why? Because of what I believe. Now, it doesn't have to be true. What the belief is, our belief of something that could be true is enough to send us into freakout mode. Meaning that stick could be a snake, but it's not. But because I believe it to be a snake, it's going to invoke more emotion. And so we don't have to believe it or it doesn't have to be true. We have to believe it to be true. So every time we feel, every time something we are anxious about, something we believe or value is involved. And so to address the anxiety, we must address the specific specific beliefs and values at the roots. This is why saying don't be afraid or just calm down never works. Mm. Fear only fades when the roots of your beliefs are informed. Sorry. Fear only fades when the root beliefs informing it are dealt with. And once we understand this about our emotions, we can combat them. Hmm. And so, yeah. So maybe you were raised in a home where money was talked about a lot. And as the, and money was the ultimate source of security. So you heard messages like, honey, what matters most is getting a great degree and a good job that pays well. So you can put food on the table. And today you can quickly get changes when it comes to your finances. So because the anyway, the, the thing that you value there or that is valuable, the thing that matters most, like if you lose your job, you get a better job, the thing that you value money, um, the thing that matters most is being threatened if you lose your job. So the anxiety you feel is rooted in a lie for Christians. Money is not what matters most, and it's not how, and that's not our ultimate source of security. God is. And mm-hmm. so the root of that anxiety is rooted in money. 
And we can find that whole truth that God is our ultimate source of security in the Bible. And that's not a have more faith. That's not a pray more. That is a, you might believe conflict is always a bad thing. You were raised in a home where it was stressed. Um, We don't fight or in a family where your parents fought and lied to you all the time and it was really scary for you. And the result of that is that you embrace the belief that conflict is always negative. And now anytime conflict happens in a dating relationship, you panic and think you need to break up. And so you're like, I don't know, I hope they get the point. Ancient feelings aren't, are rooted in what you believe or value. The only way to move toward freedom from those feelings is to address those beliefs and values with the truth from God's word. Matthew's 4.12, or not Matthew, Hebrews 4.12, which was how powerful God's word can be. Like a knife designed to cut through weeds at the roots, the Bible is perfectly designed to help us cut through roots of our anxiety. When we feel anxious, God's word, the Bible, can help us clarify if what we're believing is a lie, which gives it value, again, like the stick, or if what we're valuing isn't really that valuable. So I'm going to give an example really quick. Cole, sometimes I think about how I might not be able to pay for my kid's college one day, and it stresses me out. What if you can't afford to pay for your kid's college someday, Joe? (laughs) I guess they'd have to take out a loan or get a scholarship. Maybe they won't even go to college. What if they have to take out a loan or get a scholarship? Well, or what if they don't go to college? Well, then I would feel like I was a bad dad. <laughs> I didn't provide in the way I should have for my kids. I'm not a good dad. Is that what God says is a good dad? A guy who pays for college? Is it possible there could be a good dad who doesn't pay for college? On the list of the top 10 things that make a good dad... Where would paying college be? And I could be like, hmm. Guess that's not what God says the definition of a good dad is. Mm-hmm. Again, we're believing these things that make up something. We're valuing these things that might not be true, and it's a half truth. And so, again, this overwhelming fear of not being a good dad someday was taken away from the opportunity he had to be a good dad today. His fear was rooted in believing the lie all good dads pay for their kids' college, like most lies we accept as true. And this one was never something he consciously decided to do. Beliefs typically creep into our psyche, and until they are exposed as lies, we don't even realize they're there. Mm-hmm. And so if you, John 8, uh, 31 through 32 says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What did Jesus say to John? He said that he is true. Jesus is true. What he says is true. And so most people think Jesus is saying, like, read your Bible more and you'll experience freedom. While I am all for people reading their Bible, that is too simplistic and misses the profound teaching he is saying here. Jesus doesn't say we should read the Bible. He says we should abide in it. Mm. We don't use the word abide on a regular basis. So let me say what it means. To remain in a state or dwell in a certain place. If you abide in Jesus, if you stay in Jesus, if you follow Jesus, Jesus is saying that if you will learn to live how Jesus lived, who he loved, 
from God's word, you will know the truth and step in the direction of freedom, which is pretty powerful. And so... Can I, can I say something about abiding? Yeah, get abiding. in there. Okay. So, the Lord Jesus he promises us peace. He is a prince of peace. And while simply picking up the and reading the Bible is not going to give you peace, it would be great if it did. There are things that you can do to proactively work towards peace. And... Not saying it's a cure-all, one to, one and done thing, but whenever you pair your anxious thought, your worry, with whatever God has to say about it, and you you think about it, you believe it, you are training your brain to think that way. There is evidence behind this, like the principle of strengthening neural pathways. The more that you think a certain way, the more that you think about a thing intently the better you will be at thinking about it mm. that might kind of sound confusing but let's just use an example here so sometimes i get really worried about singleness and marriage and blee blue blee i'm a young man coming mm. some slack here and me too there'll be many a nights where i'm in bed and i'm like god i am worried about singleness in marriage. I have no clue what's going to happen. My anxiety. But I trust that no matter what happens, you're going to work it for my good and you've promised to finish the good work that you started. I'm going to trust you. So I plug his truth directly into my anxiety. And that may provide just a little bit of temporary relief there in the moment. But the more that you do that, the more that you practice that over and over and over and over again, the stronger that neural pathway in your brain is going to be going to hope. We, we often have these highways that lead to fear. You know, we, we pull onto them and it's just, boom, a straight line down anxiety lane. And we have dirt roads to hope. Not a big fan of anxiety lane. I hate it. Yeah, anxiety lane is trash. And... You know, the more through repetition, through practice of thinking, feeling, and acting, you, you can program your brain to an extent. You can program your brain and you can proactively fight for the peace that Jesus promises. And in doing so, you can pave roads to hope, to trust. And those roads to fear, they're going to shrivel into little dirt roads, hmm. little back alleys. Um. And so, yeah, this is not going to solve everything. Definitely not. But I believe it's I believe it's true. I've experienced it in my own life. The more that I take my anxieties and I take something that God has to say about them and I plug them in, it helps. It brings clarity and peace. And over time, it it can go a long way. So I think that's just a cool thing you can do. I like that. When it comes to fighting anxious thoughts, neural pathways strengthen them muscles of the mind mm. muscles of the mind yeah and so like so it all sounds like cool and good but how do i actually let the truth of god's word bring me freedom from anxiety so i'm gonna give you a super awesome acronym oh 
truth. Whoa. That is a super awesome acronym. And also, this would be, I was going to say this at the end of the episode, but I didn't come up with this. Um, This is from, most of what I'm saying is inspired or drawn from David Marvin's book called Why We're All Freaking Out Mm -hmm. and You Don't Need to Be Freedom from Your Anxious Thoughts. Mouthful. Um, Okay, so truth acronym. T, trigger. R, roots, root beliefs and values. U, unpleasant emotion. T, truth from the Bible, from JC. H, helpful future response. So let me go through this example. I'm scrolling through Instagram and I see someone's engagement pictures. Well, that's my trigger. You know why it's my trigger? It's because I believe a life of singleness is not worth living. Mm. And so the unpleasant emotion I feel is anxiety and singleness. And so homie JC says a relationship with Christ is what makes life worth living. And then the H, the helpful response would be to, I'm just going to pull some uh, homie, some, some Bible, which I'll just do uh, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who who gives me strength. And I can ask God for strength and patience. And I could also take this to community. (laughs) Um, Anyway, that's like, yeah. And so the only way by, only by taking the time to get to the specific beliefs that we're feeling our anxiety, can we allow God's, word to combat them and prepare us for the future moments when this fear pops up. And so this isn't a one and done exercise, but rather a tool meant to help us expose the lies that often Mm. feed our anxious emotions and push us to the truth, which I believe God's word is true. I believe what Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, James, Peter, many of them are saying is true about Jesus. And so this helps us apply the truth from the Bible and so I hope next time you get an anxious feeling, this will help us take steps to work through what we our beliefs behind our feelings and what God has to say about them. I think that truth acronym that you just described and kind of went through was basically you just breaking down the uh, like the exercise of like anxious thought, plugging in God's word. Mm. I think that was like a super cool way of putting words to an idea. Like I low-key want to go home and use the truth thing. And test it out. Let's get it. So, is that was that your final? That was my final. Okay. Thing. So we're gonna wrap this amigo up with a little bit of a little bit more chemical anxiety talk, and mm-hmm. uh, no uh, no PhDs here, no MDs here, just two Jesus following sometimes anxious dudes. So when it comes to hardware problems. And when I mean hardware problems, I mean when a computer is broken, you need a new part. When there's something wrong in your head, you need the part that's missing or you need to work on the part that's flawed. When you when there's a chemical anxiety problem, it is n- more than okay and necessary to seek help. If you've Joe mentioned last episode, if you break a bone, 
Put it in a cast. Get it in a cast. Don't just pray it's going to get better. Hope it's going to get better. So for anyone that's maybe thinking, oh, medication isn't isn't good. I need to put my faith in God. He's the one who's going to heal me. Yes, he is. But he may do that through medication. Mm. He may provide the medication for you to get healed. I said it last episode, but I'll say it again. I've actually said this a few episodes back. Spiritual gifts and the way you're going to honor God can look vastly different. For a doctor, it might look like coming up with a medication that's going to help tons of people. And for a counselor, it might be knowledge of counseling that's going to help a ton of people unpack trauma. So in these moments when anxiety is something that you really can't control, medication and therapy is necessary and totally acceptable. Don't let anyone tell you anything differently. And, you know, in these moments when anxiety is rampant and kind of uncontrollable, I think that, you know, you can get really worried about keeping up with like who you were or keeping up with your duties it's, it's really okay to kind of come off the gas pedal when things are crazy, when you can't control things. Um, if I had to give advice just from like some personal experience, it's going to be, it's going to be hard to do the regular things that you do at the same pace and speed. And so spiritually speaking, if you can just find one thing to cling on to one little message from Jesus to cling on to while you're getting that help that you need, that can really help you. And, you know, for me in times of severe anxiety, it was in the Gospels when Jesus sailed into um, a storm with the disciples. They sail into this, they sail into the lake or sea of Galilee, probably. They were around that a lot. And the storm comes up and Jesus is sleeping in the boat. And the disciples get all freaked out and they're like, Jesus, Jesus, we're going to drown. And he eventually gets up. He calms the waves. And Would you like me to read it? Sure. Okay. All right. Here we go. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A s- large storm came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind, raging waters. The storm subsided, and all was calm. Where's your faith, he asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. So from that... Luke 22 through 25. Thank you. Luke 8, 22 through 25. Continue. So from those verses, the one thing that I I cling to was Jesus, if he sails you into the, if Jesus sails you into a storm, he's going to be faithful to sail you out. He's not going to sail you into a storm and jump ship. Mm. That's not how God operates. That's not how Jesus operates. In the same way, hard times must pass through God's hands first before getting to you. And my point is, Find something to cling on that that can give you just a little bit of hope, but then get immediate help. And 
Yeah. Got a little little something else. And so when looking at medicines and therapy, they're not going to solve all your issues. Just getting on, getting on a medicine is not going to make your problems go away. But what it can do is help bring you down to a stable level so you can revisit those issues, so you can revisit your anxieties. Mm. And it's in these moments when you're more stable, you're more collected, you're more in your right mind, that you. this is where you bring in God's word. This is where you heavily reintroduce what God has to say about the anxieties that you are suffering, suffering from. Medicine therapy is great, but God's word is the ultimate treatment. Medicine and therapy need to be a supplement to God's word and to what he has to say about what you are dealing with, about what you are anxious about. Um, and like I said, therapy and medicine is necessary at times, but it's not the ultimate cure. And so if you are going through something like really terrible with anxiety, please get help and talk with people about if medicine is the right thing to do. And if it is, do it. Um, but yeah, God's word is ultimately what's going to be able to provide us peace with practice about what we're anxious about. And again, anxiety is not having the occasional anxious thought here and here, there. Like that is impossible to prevent. It is the dwelling on anxious mm. feelings, the worry, that panic. It is the dwelling in that. And Jesus offers, offers us freedom. I think we hear this phrase a lot. And may fall fall off the rails with this thought. <clears throat> but we hear this a lot, that God won't give us more than we can handle. And truth be told, that ain't necessarily true. Because lots of people everywhere get a lot more than they can handle. Mm. The key word is they. When you're following Jesus, you're not alone. Like, mm. homie JC like is that. with you. He's in you. And with Jesus, you can do a whole lot of things. When you're following Jesus, it makes life better and you better at life. It makes you a better decision maker, makes you a lot better coworker, makes you a better friend, makes you wiser, smarter, like more self-controlled, patient. And those things that Jesus offers when you're following him, fruits of the spirit, enable us because of him mm. to handle these situations in a way that looks different than the rest of the world. And so... Truth be told, we, I, Joe, can't do much on my own. I love Jesus so much that because of him, I'm able to do things and stuff to mm. with people that I love. And so you don't have to, like, following Jesus will make life better and you better at life. And these the things that he teaches, I believe him to be Savior. And to have him as Savior, I have to have him as Lord first. And so in following Jesus as Lord, I have come to accept him as Savior. But it started as following him as Lord, meaning like if these things are what you say are true, they'll make life better and you better at life, not necessarily prosperous-wise. And like I'll have all the nice cars, I'll be super rich. He can do that, don't get me wrong, but that is not the definition he's using for um, prospering you. And so one thing I want to read to that is I believe it's Romans 12 2. Let me get it pulled up here really quick. Yeah. Okay. Therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy do 
to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His perfect, pleasing, his good, perfect, sorry. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Meaning, if I'm following Jesus, my mind is being renewed. It's being transformed when I am actually following Jesus. If I'm applying these teachings, then I think you can attest and approve, you can test God's will for us. So, meaning, is me going around sleeping with all these different women good, pleasing, and perfect for me? Well, I don't think it would be good because I want to be getting in interactions and relationships that are bad for me, that hurt me, they hurt them too. That's not pleasing to me. I feel satisfactory at first, but then afterwards, that gap that I was trying to fill with pleasure is still there. That doesn't seem like something God would really want for me. Mm-hmm. It, it, me going out and getting drunk all the time. Man, I've thrown up all the time. I'm not feeling good. That's not good, pleasing, and perfect. You can test God's will. Um, and so when your mind's being transformed, you can test these things. You could hold it up to be like, is this what God would actually want for you or for me? Um, and so, yeah, went off the rails and lost my thought. But anyway, we can test God's will. Like, it's not some foreign entity that's like, oh, it's God's will for us. Like, it's, it's we can, if it's not good, pleasing, or perfect for us, like, it's, it's probably not in God's design for us. And what he had planned out for us. Um, and so this isn't a question of just have more faith, pray more, read your Bible more, and your anxiety, your anxious feelings will go away. Um, because truth be told, more than you can handle will come. And it's with Jesus that you're able to handle these things with excellency because God has equipped you with the abilities because of himself. We're on your own. We're on my own. I know many times I would have I would have drowned. But because JC on board... Ain't going under. Hmm. I got nothing else to say. So we'll land the plane there. Episode six. Episode six. The final part in our anxiety series. See, that's double hands. I got the five and one. Not double digits yet. Hey, we're getting there. Anyway, land the plane here. Peace. And love, brother and sister.